This is Seattle's Morning News. Religion has made a comeback in the Supreme Court. We've had time now to examine the Joe Kennedy decision in Bremerton. Let's go to former State Attorney General Rob McKenna, a conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. So now that you've read this through, explain what changes under this decision that allows Joe Kennedy to pray on the football field. And would this ever apply to a classroom? Well, I think this decision is narrow in the sense that Coach Kennedy would be allowed to pray on his own, on time that's his own, but he could not lead his players in prayer, for example. He couldn't conduct a prayer in the locker room after the game or at halftime where they're all kind of a captive audience. Couldn't do any of that. What the court emphasized is that he would go out in the middle of the field, kneel down and say a brief silent prayer when he was, quote, free to attend briefly to personal matters. The way I thought about it is if Coach Kennedy or any coach wanted to hug their wife and children who came down to congratulate them on a victory or console them on a loss, that's personal time. But it's only a few moments and it it doesn't uh, mean they aren't attending to their, their larger duties. So as long as he continues to engage in, in private prayer and doesn't have a captive audience, then he is allowed under both the free exercise clause of the Constitution, as in free exercise of religious beliefs, and the free speech clause of the First Amendment to engage in, in private prayer. This also means that a teacher could sit in her classroom and quietly pray, but not at the beginning of class when the kids are required to be there, if you see the distinction. The key is that the students are not being coerced. And Okay, so then this decision did not cover the kind of display that Coach Kennedy's prayers morphed into, where both teams would crowd to the center of the field at one point, knocking over members of the marching band, according to the, the uh, press account, to join him in this midfield prayer. I think if he had called everyone to the center of the field and, and spoke his prayer you know, out loud and made that his practice, and, and uh, it sort of became expected for everyone to participate, that that would shade into coercion. But if he goes out in the middle of the field, kneels down and offers a silent prayer, and people gather around him, uh, I think the court's saying that you know, he's not prohibited from doing that. So let me ask you this. Does, does this yeah. um, require that the district uh, offer him his job back? I think it does. He he sought an injunction against his termination. That was denied, and then the case was decided on summary judgment. So I think since he was since he was terminated unconstitutionally, he would be entitled to have his job back if he wants it. Assuming he he gets his job back, and he he goes out there and he prays the exact kind of silent prayer that the court permitted, and then the stands empty and everybody joins him on the field. Well, then what? I think it's going to be allowed. I think so long as he is not, you know, standing up and giving a speech, uh, you know, in, in, in the form of a prayer, and so long as he is not appearing to require or coerce the students to participate, what the court is saying is that it's not an endorsement of religion when private individuals engage in private speech that's religious in nature. And then in the case of the teacher that you mentioned, let's say the English teacher has the custom of saying a private prayer after the last class of the day, and a bunch of students in the classroom decide to hang around and pray with him or her. That would be allowed, mm-hmm. too, then. I, I think so. I mean, students are allowed to hold Bible studies on, on school grounds. It would have to be voluntary, and it would have to be, you know, in a sense, on her own time that she's offering the prayer. And so long as the students are 
you know, there voluntarily and it's not during class time, I think it would be allowed. So at the heart of this case is what actually constitutes an establishment of religion, which is what's prohibited by the Constitution. And one of the tests for that was called the Lemon Test, a previous Supreme Court precedent. And I guess the current court feels that that test made it too easy to claim an establishment of religion when, in fact, there was none. Right. The Lemon approach says, you know, you have to estimate whether a reasonable observer would consider the government's challenged action, such as allowing a coach to pray at midfield after a game, to be an endorsement of religion. Would would a reasonable observer consider allowing Coach Kennedy to pray at the 50-yard line amount to an endorsement of religion? And what the court is saying here in the Gorsuch opinion is that you know, merely creating the appearance of endorsement of religion is not establishment or support of religion. So the court is saying that an endorsement of religion has to be a lot more obvious than what happened here, like uh, hanging a crucifix from the goalpost or something. I think so. And I think it would have to be actually undertaken by, you know, by the government itself, like, you know, conducting the prayers in the locker room with a captive audience, because another element of this is whether the students would be coerced or not. Some parents at Bremerton High School felt that their player sons were implicitly being coerced if they didn't, you know, crowd around the coach when everyone started doing that. But the court didn't find adequate evidence of coercion here because there was no evidence of it, frankly. So I think what the court's saying is the lemon test with its endorsement, you know, would a, would a reasonable observer believe there's an endorsement of religion has just gone way too far to amount to kind of a a bright line, like we're just not going to allow any public employee to engage in any religious expression, even privately, if there are students around, there's some potential for the students to feel like they have to participate. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Rob, thank you. Thanks, Dave.